Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, and with me is my co-host, Will. Say hello, dude. Flipping me off is so uncalled for. Well, look, but it happens every week, so just get used to it. It does, and I still can't get used to it over a year later. <laughs> over a year. Uh, and we're just sitting here enjoying our usual frosty beverages. What you drinking? I am drinking an ice cold Kraken and Cola. Oh, leftover from our Comic-Con experience. It tastes like Comic-Con. Oh, I love it. And I am drinking something I picked up on the way back from said con. Uh, I am drinking Tasmanian Devil Double IPA. Yeah, you picked that up at uh, at Wild Bills, right? Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills Brewing. It's a microbrew in Hayward. Hayward. And I picked that up. Uh, we met my buddy Jeremy, who's been on the show before. Actually, he was on the Force Awakens uh, reaction show we did. Uh, one of my old buddies. And uh, yeah, he. I wish I'm. I'm gonna start stopping there more often. It was yeah, good. They had good food, and you know what the funny thing is? Is it was about four blocks away from where my mom lived when she was in high school. Mm, nice dude. Yeah, man, it's um, it's nice to find a new place in the Bay. Yeah, very nice. Moving on, before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com, email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com, and find us on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Swotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at I am Will Griggs. iTunes, Stitch Radio, Google Play. Uh, give us some ratings. Give us some likes. Uh, we're still getting some more people on Podbean, which is nice. Wouldn't mind getting some more Facebook followers. So if you're a Facebook user, which... I granted we don't post a lot on there, but anything I put on Instagram, I put on Facebook and Twitter. And um, if any awesome news stories pop up, and I think about, hey, maybe our Twitter followers might be interested, I put it on there. Yeah, I'll, I'll try uh, getting some more stuff over there. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, so do that. And Instagram, we're going strong on Instagram though. It's good. Nice. I know you don't care. Uh, so definitely, you know, we have the timestamps in the show notes. Today will be a full regular show. It's uh, a we full have, show yeah, today. We have plenty to talk about this week. So let's get to our sponsors and affiliates and such and get out of here. So patreon.com slash usual podcast. If you want to support the show, give us a buck or two an episode. We will do another drawing on episode 60 is usually what we do uh, every 10 episodes or so for, yeah. for our patrons only, which is why I say that. Exactly. And, um, you know, we're getting there. I would like to do that round table. I think I might change some of our milestones around because I really want to do that blooper episode. And I know I mentioned that last week. But. Yeah. And one thing that we can do to start that off is we have yeah. a special guest for current patrons and future patrons. Yep. Um, Since we're so good at giving people packs and stuff in SWOTOR. That's all on you, buddy. Eh, a lot of things are on me. This one's on me. I'm a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> this one's on me. Thanks to our brand new friends at the Tops Card Company. Um, that we met up with at Comic-Con, Silicon Valley, and we'll go over that a little bit later. Um, if you play Star Wars Card Trader from Topps Company, we will give you a free code to uh, to download a couple of free packs. Yeah, so I, think, started. so I think what we'll do is um, I have the capacity to send messages to our patrons through Patreon. So what I'll do is I'll just send you the code. Yes, sounds and good. And so check your Patreon mailbox and then as soon as you uh, any new people decide to do a, a code we'll send it out or do a patreon we'll uh, send a code right off to you as well indeed and the other thing is uh you know of course if people really want to uh be real nice like john skeen was which we do have something in the mail coming for you buddy don't worry yeah we do uh if you want to give 10 bucks an episode or more uh for a couple weeks we'll send you some beer and we'll or 
just socks or beer and socks. Whatever you want. Or socks we do beer. have patrons that don't that don't drink, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah, we do. And so we will send you, uh, you know, some socks. Some socks. They're, they're comfy socks. From Pippi's Long Stockings, my wife's shop, which is uh, awesome. We always have a link in the show notes, show notes for that if you uh, want to check her out on Facebook. You should because they are some uh, incredible accessories. Indeed. AudibleTry.com slash usual podcast. Uh, that is another way to support the show. 30 day free trial on us. Get a free audio book. And I would do it. And Mistborn. It actually got mentioned in one of the panels that I was at uh, in the world building panel as one of the most awesome worlds. One of the authors up there was like, yeah, the, the moderator asked, he said, you know, what is one of the most intricate well-developed worlds that you've encountered and he's like uh yeah brandon sanderson's mistborn so i'm gonna stay with that yeah well in, yeah well actually we'll, we'll kind of come back to that guy the guy's name is rob wells mm-hmm. and he uh actually worked with uh, uh sanderson, sanderson yep in a uh, writing uh seminar group yep and uh yeah just sanderson's one that hit it big first and that's just a little little tidbit of what we're going to talk about later. Yes. So. All right. And a couple other ways to support the show, Warby Parker or Gamefly, uh, if you need glasses or, you know, want to do the Netflix of gaming. Uh, we have a supporters page on our website. So check it out. All the links are there. And uh, yeah, if you want free games and free glasses or cheap glasses for trial for free, then do that. So there you go. Cool. Okay. So shall we get to SWOTOR, my friend? It's time to get back to SWOTOR. And we actually have some stuff to talk about. So let's play the bumper. Do you want to fight? I'm ready. You do not have to stand against me. Instead, I will share all of this with you if you will only kneel. Well, you're ridiculous. All right, so... (laughs) uh, You love my sexual innuendos. Yeah, quick community shout-out. Bad Feeling is back. They took last week off. Um, definitely check out their latest show. Uh, they didn't talk smack about us, but I'm giving them props for some reason. So there we go. Uh, no, they did talk about what they've been up to. They were doing, what was it called? Did you listen to it? I have not yet. No, I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, and we did not, we failed, failed to get an update from Jesse about, um, (laughs) Wookiee mistake and, uh, the guild, uh, the guild prom. That was on Saturday. The the Wookiee mistake prom. Yeah. So we missed that. Uh, because we were at Silicon Valley Comic Con, so we will get an update uh, or check out Passionately Casual. And yeah, Jesse I do know that a, on yeah, yeah. I, I do know that on Passionately Casual's uh, YouTube uh, channel that they did post a video from the uh, from the prom. Nice. So I will do my best to put that in the show notes before I forget. And if I don't, uh, we will have an update next week. So we can game. Did you play this game that we love but didn't get a chance to play? Probably I did actually while we were at Comic Con. Oh. I played as You're your brother's better man than me because I had to update the thing. So yeah, you did. I um I played uh, through the uh, chapter eleven um Ooh. with uh, Eric Jorgen. Nice. And uh, it was luckily I played after the the patch, so it was. Or you, the, you didn't get naked Jorgen. I didn't get any naked Jorgen, or <laughs> you know, no weapon wielding Jordan. Nice. Well, that's good, Jorgen. Um, but it was a uh, yeah, it was a really fun. It seemed a little bit short, but uh, I I still think they put a lot of content in there. And so it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And it's really kind of cool because of Jurgen's personality and how it's going to react with other people in the Alliance. I think it can definitely lead some places. So here's what I'm going to do, because I haven't had a chance to finish it yet. A couple weeks ago, I talked about I got the bug. Didn't go back. Right. I felt ripped off because now Nico Okar isn't available to me until uh, a couple days ago, which we'll talk about in a minute. So next week, let's talk about Chapter 11, though. Sounds good. All right, so let's get to the div checker. Um, this, so 
a couple of the shows have talked about this and I guess there is a way. So the, the name of the post was sucks to be squelched. And they, I guess they have a squelch system in the game, which I didn't know about, but it, it basically has to do with trying to eliminate gold farmers and such. Right. So if enough people report you for spamming, you can get uh banned or basically not banned, but you can't post in chat at all. Okay. And it's a way to stop credit sellers from posting in spam. And this is reporting a spam other than just in, as in, in mail. Right. Exactly. This is this reporting is, as in chat. Uh, as far as I know. Uh, but the thing about this is, um, I guess some people have been griefed by this system. So a bunch of people were trying, basically trying to mess with somebody and get them squelched by a bunch of people, I guess, reporting that this person was spamming. That's ridiculous. I- which is pretty messed up. And that is I, messed up. And so basically, uh, Musco came out and said, look, um, the bottom line is if you feel like you have been, somebody is doing this to you, definitely don't engage, don't retaliate, don't do it back to them, but, you know, bring it to their attention and yes. hope that they can rectify the situation. Cause it, the problem is if you turn around, and do the same thing to them, it's going to be really difficult to figure out who, who is doing what and, exactly. and who's in the wrong. It'll so, be a pox on both your houses. Again, well, well said, sir. Uh, so anyway, uh, at the end of this post says, with all this in mind, we're constantly looking into ways to improve this functionality. In the meantime, please use it wisely against spammers, advertisers, credit sellers, but please don't ruin the gameplay of legitimate players. And this just is, I don't know, people are that bored. Why would you stay in a game if you're that bored and you decide? I mean, I, I guess I could, uh, the one thing I could see is those hardcore guilds or those guilds with a lot of drama. Like you want to, mess with someone who you don't like or something like that i guess you can get all your guilties together and but be still, a jerk why do but take it so personally yeah i, I mean, mean again honestly, it's is, a game <laughs> i mean honestly it just boils down to, to what the joker said i mean some people just want to watch the world burn indeed sir um man, you're on it look at you bam okay well all right so <laughs> as we talked about in our very very well this was actually two weeks ago has it been that long with the nico thing it has been because last week we were talking about it Right. Wow. Anyway, uh, there's has been a an update on the Nico Ocar issue. Good news on the Nico front. We believe we have isolated the cause and are working through a testing and testing a fix. Things are looking good right now that they'll be able to do it in the most recent downtime. Uh, this Thursday, Tate will follow up with maintenance times, etc. So anyway, the bottom line was is that now Nico is fixed. So now I'm okay with logging back in. Honestly, this was one of the other reasons I didn't have much desire to log in. Yeah, I mean, it would be really frustrating if Nico was your primary uh, companion. He's on my boy. Yeah. I mean, he was the only one I, I spent time leveling. He was the only one I, I took out on missions, um, adventuring with, or right. sending out on missions if I wasn't using that tune, because um, he was the highest one I had. So, and I'm only doing this content on one tune. So there was exactly. that as well. So anyway, uh, so he's back, which is exciting. I can't wait to see my friend Nico again. Ready for the drama? I'm always ready for drama. <laughs> All right. So as we know, the PTS server was coming down uh, in order to bring up. Well, look, let, let's do it this way. The PTS server, we were going to have the Eternal Championship. Correct. And it came up Tuesday, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, I might have the days wrong, but it came up recently. And now it's coming down. Already? Essentially, the bug was this, and people were like, "How come you didn't see this on their servers?" Apparently, it wasn't a. It was apparently it wasn't apparent um, on their servers. Uh, this didn't happen on their servers, but um, on the dev shards. But they couldn't get in the instance. 
Apparently, oh, there was a door you're supposed to go into. It said, to get started with the Eternal Championship, speak with Dominaire in the Platform 6 Cantina in Zakul City. He will direct you to the Championship sign-up terminals, which gives uh, the mission to get started. And Great. I guess nobody could get into Platform 6 you, Cantina. You, you just couldn't get in the door, apparently. I don't know what door it was, but by the time of this recording, uh, they have taken since taken the PTS down. Due to the current issues present on the PTS, we're going to bring down the server so that we can work on getting them addressed. It is our plan to bring the PTS back up in the next couple of days and we'll pass on updates as we have them. This was a couple of days ago. So as of today, no, sorry, as of yesterday, they're still working through the issues that we were discovering the PTS. Uh, we won't be bringing it back up today and we'll, but we'll keep you posted. The last update to this is I think they're trying to bring it up. Let me double check something real quick because I saw, you know, as, as, as we take a little detour here, I would like to say that this is, I'm not going to be one of those people that gives them grief for this. Hmm. I'm actually going to give them a shout out and saying, this is why I have so much respect for coders. Yeah. Because there are thousands and millions of lines of code in any game and so many moving parts. Yeah. It's just, it's phenomenal. It doesn't, well, stuff like this doesn't happen more. And the thing with Nico, it was like, okay, we did all these things and now for some reason Nico's broken and now we have to fix it. Exactly. Granted, it took him a while and I was frustrated, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, so, as an update, as of today, uh, they are trying to bring the PTS up tomorrow. Okay, so what good. I'm going to do is... So in time and, for the weekend. Yeah, and this is Thursday. So we usually record on Thursdays. I know I've been lagging getting it up. Um, getting it up. Um, <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been lagging, uh, having a hard time getting the show posted uh, by Sunday, Monday. It's been kind of coming out Tuesdays. So um, that's okay. Uh, you know, really super timely stuff. I try to gloss over that when I'm editing. Um but awesome. and yeah, well, well, with Sunday being Easter and stuff, this looks like another Monday, Tuesday post. But uh, hopefully, I plan to check out the Eternal Championship this weekend. I'm really looking forward to. It. I'm going to update the PTS. That's kind of something I'm really eager to try. Yeah, actually, I think I'm going to hold off. I am. Um... Oh, you! I'm just kidding. Continue. <laughs> Don't hit the mic. This is why you're giving bad feeling ammo. Okay, <laughs> the feud is sort of on. It's it's you know it's sort of not on, but. Just just say your piece. Mm. I'm going to say that I'm just going to wait for it to come out. Sounds good. Uh, so the last thing here before uh, <laughs> before we get out of SWOTOR wow. is Ashara Zavros defiance conversation after 4.1. Apparently there was an issue with it. I think this is the original. Uh, it's been so long since I've done it. But I think um, this is there's some. So they're aware of some issue that players are still seeing with the defiance. Uh, QA is reviewing the issue. And when I get an indication of when it's fixed, I'll let you all know. So I think the Ashara storyline for some people, uh, maybe acquiring her in the original story, has been broken since 4.1. Weird. That's what I'm getting from this. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she hasn't been in a, in a, a an alert. Mm -mm. So, I mean, what else could it be? Could it be part of Chapter 1 in the before the five-year uh, deep freeze? Mm. No idea. Dynamite drop in. Yep. Well, there you go. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to test to testing the Eternal Championship. It, it took a. I did update the PTS, but I never jumped on to try the PvP stuff. I'm not a mainly a PvPer, and as little as I've been getting in the game in the last few weeks, um, and we didn't mention Wog. Uh, the reason being is because we've missed the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. Yeah. I missed a week, then you missed a week, and then we both missed a week. Yeah, we both missed last week because of uh, Comic-Con. So we switched. Uh, we have a little bit of a conflict with another group that we do. 
we had to do our D and D group on Friday night. This so week. Right. Tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow. So we switched Wog to Saturday, Saturday night. And I'm actually really excited to see. I don't know what we're gonna do yet. There was a bunch of tweets about people saying like let's do this, <laughs> let's do that. And I said, like, I don't know. Yeah, people were saying, Oh yeah, let's not do uh it's funny because it all started <laughs> with, with uh Jess and and Jesse said, Oh, you know what and so people said, What are we doing? And it's like, Can we not do KP? We did that last week. Can we not do E V? Can we not do And we just did Terra from Beyond the other week, so I don't want to do that. Can we not do Scum and Villainy because it's too long? And I'm like So finally Jesse said, You're tagging the wrong person. You need to talk to Darth Pops and I'm Will Griggs for this and so then that's a I mean I'm a work while this is all going on and right. finally I just jump in, I'm like, All right guys, we're gonna be running a double run of <laughs> KP and E V <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we we'll figure something out. I wouldn't mind. Um, we could maybe try Dread Pals or something again, but you know. It is well, are it is. are we in any uh, event week? I don't know. We'll have to check. And the other thing is, somebody suggested doing EV hard mode, which would be a nice challenge for us. It I would think. be. It would be an interesting challenge. Yeah. So we might try that. So I guess we're done with Sotor. Although we have enough uh, problem with the pylons as it is. Oh my god, dude! Don't get me started. So, man, um, I guess we're done with Sotor. Sotor is done, and we love our Sotor. But uh, until we get into the game a little bit more, uh, we have a little less to talk about. But we we touched on that was all the news really in the last two weeks. Yeah, there really hasn't been a lot of news. And uh, I think they're gearing up for the next. Uh, yep. What are we? Are a week out from or two weeks out? Uh, two weeks out. Of two weeks out from the next uh, update. So we'll see. Here we go. Let's get out of this and end. We actually have some Star Wars news. Pew, 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 pew. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. Nothing will stand in our way. I will finish what you started. I cannot wait to watch that movie in my house. I'm just going to jump in here really <laughs> quick because I saw something on, I want to say it was Facebook. It might have been Pinterest, but it was funny. It showed a, a three-panel screen a la Brady Bunch, right? Instead of all nine, it was just a three. All right. It had different colored backgrounds, but on the left, it showed Han Solo looking to the left. And on the <laughs> uh, on the one on the right, it showed uh, uh, Leia looking to the right. In the middle was... Uh, Adam Driver smiling. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, all right, man. So we have uh, some comic news really quick. I just thought this was kind of cool. I know you usually put this stuff on um, on Pinterest, but I thought this was neat because Poe Dameron variant cover by John Cassidy and Lauren Martin uh, was revealed. And this is the uh, comic run. Of Poe Dameron, which I believe we heard was going to be coming out uh, beginning of April. Oh, April. Yeah. Yep. So I am pretty excited about this. I cannot wait to learn more about Poe because he's one of my favorites in the movie. Yeah, and you know it's got to start tying in with the uh, Shattered Empire. Exactly. Um, I really like this cover, the variant cover. Um, yeah, I'm so far. I, I haven't even really begun to to start putting my my comic artwork over into Pinterest. Right. That's just that's a whole beast. Well, let me tell you, dude. And I, <laughs> my comic book shop keeps calling me because. I've been there in a couple of weeks. Excuse me, and I'm behind on reading comics. So yeah, I'm I'm behind on comic suit, and they still haven't called me. And all I did was order a storage box. From them. <laughs> I'll check on it. I'm gonna go in there this week, uh, but I need to catch up. I know I'm behind a few, a uh, couple Deadpool's. I'm behind a, um, you know, some other Star Wars ones. I want to catch up this next week, probably during spring break, while I'm on the plane, because um, we booked our Disney trip. What? Nice. I'm so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a excited. little bit behind too. I'm a few issues behind on basically every run. 
Um, and then, of course, Haunted Mansion started, so mm-hmm. I'm behind on that. So, yeah, I'm just behind on everything. That's all right. Uh, I'm, I live in, in behind yeah, because and- I'm an English teacher, and there's never not a giant pile of crap for me to go through. Exactly. Except for me, you know, it's not a giant pile of crap for me to grade on my desk. It's a <laughs> you know a whole bunch of updates I need to run on about 120 computers. I hear you, man. So let's get to movie stuff. Uh, uh, really quick, actually, okay. before I want to go back to comics, I think we mentioned this last episode, but I just want to reiterate it yep. that the uh, they're doing a Rogue One run starting in yeah. October. No, I'm, I'm just, excited about that. I'm excited about that. So, uh, so I just want to touch on that and just say woohoo. Woot. John Boyega visits Royal London Children's Ward in and uh, in character as Finn. The reason that I put this in here, I love when uh, I guess celebrities do charity work, but I love when they go as in them character. in character. One and, of my favorites is uh, like all of last year when Pratt and Evans right. were having uh, contests and uh, um, like who can go to the most hospitals and ple- and like make more kids days like yeah, how well, badass no, but they, they like they had a bet between a seattle sports team right and, and like the i think it was the <laughs> seahawks against the patriots yeah that was cool and uh whoever won would go to the other person's or whoever won the other person would go to their exactly their hospital dressed in character and then of course they both went to each other's hospitals and they did anyway which is great and there's some cool pictures i mean i think this is great and i would how cool would it be to be boyega right now oh i know you, right you know you you get this role it goes over well and then like Oh, I have to put this jacket back on and like help these kids like have a good day. Like, yeah, I could, I can swing that. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Well, that's the cool thing about not only superhero movies, but like just blockbuster movies. I mean, you do get it in smaller movies as well, but I mean, it's not like you're going to see uh leo dicaprio show up at a hospital in you <laughs> in know his revenant a, outfit yeah and his rev with a whole <laughs> bunch of bear skins on or something right <laughs> but you know you have like with star lord you have his iconic jacket right you know same thing with finn same thing with han solo his right. vest you know and everyone has that iconic thing but you know if, say like boyega was going to go in his uh attack the block character <laughs> you know what they're like, wait, go away. Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's these iconic characters. And I and I threw a couple other quick news stories in here that I thought were kind of neat. Uh, so it looks like some of the Star Wars actors and JJ have been going on various uh, doing a circuit, like talk show circuit and stuff. I'm guessing it's because of the Blu-ray. Yeah, the Blu-ray and digital release. Plus, you got to remember they also hit uh, South by Southwest. And they're just, that was what bad feeling went to. Yeah. South by Southwest. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it makes sense. They're right in Austin. Right. Um, but it, it makes sense because they, uh, um, you know, they're showing bits and pieces of the special features. Right. And so Abrams was talking to, I gotta, I gotta open this up. <laughs> I think it was Kimmel. Uh, this made me laugh. Uh, yeah, he was talking to Kimmel. No, no, Colbert. No, no, Colbert. Sorry. Kimmel is, uh, Han Solo was Han Solo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford was talking to Kimmel. Uh, so Abrams was talking to, um, Colbert and he's like, <laughs> I didn't watch the clip, but it's funny. He's all, Katie, his wife, Katie's told me to stop lots of things, but the lens flares, she was right. There was one scene, <laughs> there was one scene, there was one scene in STID where I literally couldn't see what was going on and it was very important. And it was a very important emotional scene. Uh, so that's great. We have a link in the show notes. It was just really funny that it's like, so it wasn't the fans complaining. It was like, eventually his wife's like, look, it was an emotional scene. And all I saw was Lynn's fairs, bro. Come on. <laughs> you know what I'd like to see? I want, okay, this is something like Topher Grace has got to do or something. Right? Okay. Um, I want somebody to recut 
the entire Star Wars movies, but put JJ lens flares in like iconic scenes that don't make sense. <laughs> like you're gonna see, uh, you know, Luke know you're looking saying, at yeah. the binary mo- sunset, right? And all of a sudden you see lens flares coming out from the from the, the suns, <laughs> and then uh, you know they're they're down in the trash compactor, right? Yeah, lens and flare. The, no, and then the, you know it's totally dark down there, and gritty and grungy and everything. But all of a sudden the the worm thing comes up and his eye pops and lens flare from the eye. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. All right, so before we get to Harrison Ford, because I have a, a bunch of things about Harrison Ford. Yeah, he had some funny stuff this week. He did. And I thought this was kind of cool, though. Billy Lord is supposedly have a bigger role in Episode 8, and that is uh, Leia's daughter. Well, it's Carrie Fisher's daughter. What did I say? Leia. Oh, we'll call him A, we'll call him B. Wouldn't that be interesting <laughs> if Billy Lord's character was actually Kylo Ren's sister? Well, there we are. So anyway, um, I don't, I don't, that's pretty much it. Will she have a larger role? Oh yeah, yeah. Lord told slash film. Um, the last one was a little, where's Waldo-y? Yeah, well she had one line. <laughs> yeah. And it says, could that mean more scenes with her mom? And she goes, maybe that was it. Yeah. Because her one line of dialogue was general. Are you seeing this? <laughs> Which is great. Great line. If you're Princess Leia's daughter. I'm glad she got a, a speaking role. She's not Princess Leia's daughter. Carrie Fisher's daughter. Again. Or Debbie Reynolds' granddaughter. It's very complicated. Eddie Fisher's granddaughter. Okay, moving on. Uh, Oscar Isaac did a live reading of Alec Guinness's written Star Wars letter. And you, we talked about this, didn't we? Uh, I did not. I saw this. I heard this somewhere, I think, then. Let me open it. Because... So Oscar Isaac, let's see, while no live video service yet, Oscar Isaac made an appearance and a performance at London's Letters Live event where letters are read aloud. Naturally, he read a letter about Star Wars written by the original Obi-Wan Kenobi, Sir Alec Guinness. Benedict Cumberbatch read a letter from Mark Twain to Walt Whitman at the event, as well as Tom Hiddleston and Sir Ian McKellen, amongst others. I think I heard this on, on, uh, on Cantina Cast, they were talking about this, and it's actually kind it's of... It's cool concept. It's kind of cool. And the things that Guinness was saying from what I remember is like, he was kind of like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Why am I doing, you know, stuff like that, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah. Well, the funny thing is he, he really seriously thought it was a movie that was not going to go anywhere. And he is still the only actor to be nominated for an acting Oscar. It's crazy. And he says, can't, can't say I'm enjoying the film. New rubbish dialogue reaches me every other day on on, (laughs) on wages of pink paper. And none of it makes my character clear or even bearable. Guinness wrote (laughs) into his friend and Kaufman. So stuff like that. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I, you know, and it's widely well known. He thought it was crap and didn't know it was going to go anywhere. But well, I mean, he is Sir Alec Guinness. I you know, mean, like, once you're knighted and you're asked to put on a, a monk robe and pretend to use a fake magic ability, uh, it's a hard sell, dude. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> um, okay, so can I ask you this? How do you feel about people asking famous people to go to like the prom or stuff with them? You know, it's a... It is a understandable byproduct mm. of the of the immediacy of Twitter and Instagram and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah you're I right. Mean, I guess Instagram is getting more that way too. But uh, you know, just the with Twitter, it was like immediate and short and not. You know what I mean? But I think it's a YouTube thing. And it's becoming more YouTube right. because it's becoming more visual and stuff. Okay, so Daisy Ridley turns down fans' formal invite because she's busy with Luke Skywalker. 
So I'm just going to read this because it's funny and then we'll watch the video and no one else will hear it probably. But usually if a beautiful woman, a uh, young woman turns down your request for a date to spend time with a senior citizen in a robe, Hugh Hefner is somewhat how involved, which I think <laughs> is funny. Uh, for This is on comicbook.com. For Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars... Uh, Daisy Ridley, though, she found that she had to decline the fans' invitation to a formal dance in order to spend time with Luke Skywalker, which, at the end of the day, is pretty understandable. Um, so, Davidson College student Kevin Carlock shared a rap video last month in which he invited Ridley to his formal. It took almost a month for her to, month to finally see the video, and even then she couldn't go. But she took an Instagram to share a note with her suitor to tell her how much she enjoyed his attempt. You can see the exchange as well as Carlock's response. So I have the link in the show notes. Um, I'm not going to play the video because I don't like weird rap things sometimes. But um, she wrote in a book like, thank you so much. Uh, brilliant invite. Um, aw, that's really sweet. She says, <laughs> I'm locked in an intense staring competition with Luke Skywalker somewhere in the middle of the galaxy. So won't be able to make it. Let me know how it goes. Aw. Well, he wrote back, thanks so much for your response. Father-daughter staring contests are epic, so I understand why you can't make it. Good luck with episode eight. And may the formal be with you. What if she had said yes? Could you imagine? This guy would be so popular. Yeah, you know, it's... And and some celebrities have said yes in these situations. Yeah, I mean, I totally... Okay, this is... What do you guys say? I don't say? know. I like it a little flack, but... I totally understand. Ooh, controversial? Oh, no, not really. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, for me, because I really don't say anything <laughs> controversial. But, I mean, I totally understand it. If it's like, you know, a war veteran coming back and, like, yeah. he's going, you know, whatever, right? Or um, somebody, I don't want to. Um, Disabled or, yeah, or somebody um, that, special needs exactly, or something like that. But if yeah. it's just somebody from a high school, it's yeah. no, I understand. It's not going to happen, dude. No, it's not. And which is too bad for him, because if she had said yes, he'd be the most badass dude of that dance. Exactly. But I mean, and, I mean, you, you have a better, uh, yeah, better chance of winning the lotto. Or... Yes. All right, so let's get to Harrison Ford. He was winning the week. He was, and so I don't know. I'm sure you saw these things like Kimmel mm-hmm. and and all that. I didn't. I haven't had a chance to watch them yet. But um, I don't know what just happened there. Uh, but Harrison Ford uh did express that he's excited to play Indiana Jones. He's always liked playing Indiana Jones. Which is weird because he didn't seem to like like playing Han Solo like when he's been interviewed and stuff. I don't think he did. And I mean, even when he got cast in, because they're not super different characters. It's just that one is based. I mean, they are different, but he's always been an adventure type person yeah. more than a space person. And that's the thing. One is a sci-fi space opera. Yeah, the other is like could maybe sort of happen. Maybe. Yeah, and you got to remember when he got. Uh, the the role of Han Solo. Yeah, um, he was kind of in the need of of, of a role. He needed a job, and he, he was. I mean, he'd done movies before, like American Graffiti, right? But it had been quite a long time since it had a role, and he was actually doing carpenter work, right? Okay. By the time he got to, you know, Indiana Jones, he already had uh, one Star Wars movie under his belt, and the filming of a second one already done. So it's not like he was needed. It was more for the joy of it and everything. Um, plus the fact that he was the, the second person picked for it. Right. Um, behind Selleck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, I can totally understand why he might attach himself more to that. Makes sense. Plus it's not Han Solo and the new hope. It's not Han Solo and the, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So there might true. be a little ego stroking going on with it as well. I hear you. Um, so he's excited about that. Um, and there was a bunch of star Wars related ones around, 
Kimmel mostly. There was one Ellen one, which I'll bring up in a minute, but he basically says, uh, he kind of explains a little more of how, why he wanted Han Solo to die. Right. For the last 30 years. Um, and then he kind of danced around the possibility of him, of Han Solo returning, uh, in future Star Wars films. And this is something we talked about kind of earlier. There's that weird rumor out there that maybe he comes back as a force ghost. The only possible. But he's not force sensitive. He's not. That seems ridiculous. The only possible. Not a Star Wars fan, I'm saying. <laughs> is that if someone was powerful enough in the force, such as Skywalker mm. or maybe even. Um, Snoke. Snoke. Um, bringing him back as a force ghost to taunt his son. In his training or something. Yeah, I can kind of see That's that. That's the only way I can see it. It wouldn't be through his atten- to, uh, attenuation to the right. force. I have an idea. Maybe it's not a force ghost. Maybe it's forcing uh, uh, Kylo Ren to look back at his upbringing and, up- and back at his childhood a bit. And then you have to bring in... Then you don't have the force ghost. You just have Han Solo being in the film, but in a... In a past moment. Well, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, we're definitely going to get, I mean, especially in eight, we're going to be getting a a little bit more uh, clarification on the Knights of Ren in the battle there. Right. And Solo is still alive at that point. So we'll see how that goes. Plus, who's to say we don't have another vision again, a la uh, uh, Ray grabbing the lightsaber. And I think we're getting up and, and, you know, although we've never had in a Star Wars film, we're trying, I think... In that film, they were kind of laying the groundwork for the possibility of flashbacks and right. stuff like that. You know, a force vision isn't necessarily a flashback, but could we get to that point to where it just goes, literally just goes back? Well, I mean, know? hell, I mean, if they're going to do that, it it would be an opportune way to introduce the anthology films. It would be. So, um, all right. So I have a couple of things. Uh, Ford has advice for the young Han Solo. I thought this one was funny. Let me let me open this up real quick. So what did it say? I don't. I didn't see. It. Oh, this is the one from Ellen. Yeah, he basically just said uh, to anybody playing the young console, you're going to go in there, you're going to work hard, and 30 years later, they're just going to kick you out the door. He says, "Don't do it." Ford said, to Ellen and Jess. First, it seems like everything is going swimmingly, and you put in 25, 30 years, and then they just let you go, <laughs> and they show you to the door and say, "We're done with you. Thanks very much." I think that's pretty funny. Uh, and especially, it's it's much more tongue in cheek coming from him, knowing that he wanted the character to yeah, die thirty years ago. Exactly. And the last thing here I have, as far as Han Solo stuff goes, is Miles Teller came out and said that he tried out for that film. Yeah, well, he was on the short list. Was it, he wasn't in that list of five, was he? That we came up with. Yeah, because he was the one that came from Whiplash. Oh, okay. I thought this was one of the ones on the periphery that no, like didn't make that no, top Miles five. Miles the one who was the main guy in, in Whiplash. Okay. He was also in the Divergent films. Right. No, he's I the one him. that played Fanta- or Mr. Fantastic in the yeah. film. Yeah, for sure. So he says, um, what does he say? Whiplash star. Yeah, I never seen any of the original Star Wars movies until maybe a month or a couple weeks before my first audition because I was like, I should check this out. Oh, my God. It holds up. I just love Harrison Ford. I think he's a great character. I love his brand. Um, so he's not going to get it, right? Obviously. Well, or they haven't decided yet. Well, it says that at the very bottom of this article, it says it is believed that the list of potential candidates, sorry, uh, has been uh, narrowed down to three: uh, Taron Egerton from Kingsman, okay, uh, Alden Arenarik uh, uh, from Hail Caesar, yeah, and Jack Rayner from Transformers: Age of Extinction. Interesting. So, uh, what's his name? Isn't isn't out there anymore either, right? Yeah. So it gets rid of Miles Teller. It gets rid of Eastwood. And um. Your boy. 
Oh, the guy from Age of Adeline? Dave uh Oh, Franco. Dave Franco's Dave out Franco. of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. He was the other one we've been talking about. Yeah. Um yeah, and actually if it's down to those three, I would actually I'd go for Egerton. I like I loved him in I loved him in uh um Kingsman. Okay. He was great. I still haven't seen Kingsman, so maybe I should see Oh, that. so good, yeah, dude. I've, I've heard so I've heard. good. All right, man. So we're almost done with Star Wars. So Parks News, I only have one thing, and it's not really Parks News. It has to do with the cruise line. And I thought this was kind of well, cool. The park system. Well, it is, and and I've always wanted to take a Disney cruise. Um, you know, my mom, my brother, my sister in law, my nieces and niece and nephew, they've all done it, and they say it is phenomenal. Yeah, no, and and that's something that I want to do with my girls and stuff. And um, Star Wars Day though is uh, coming back. Awesome is going to be coming back to Disney Cruise Line, which I think is exciting. Um, let me get a couple details. Okay, does here. that mean since it's on a cruise ship, does it mean it's going to be May the Froth be with you? Okay, that's reaching. <laughs> just kidding so you'll have 15 chances to experience this one-of-a-kind event as tra- uh as it travels uh one of two routes from port carnival to castaway k castaway k key isn't it key it's spelled k but it's pronounced key got it castaway key the event will feature plenty of photo opportunities uh with the iconic characters from the film for families to enjoy as well as a firework filled deck party kids will be able to enjoy jedi training trials of the temple an event uh that lets them face off against darth Vader himself that's awesome yeah one of the great things about the disney cruise line is that they have oh. a section for kids they have a section for teens they have a section for adults and they have such great like daycare and supervision supervisory supervisory people. supervisory yeah. yep. that um that literally you can drop off your i mean you want to spend time with your family anyways but i mean there are times where you want to go and start drinking and your yeah, teenagers be, want to be off on their own at a dance party or whatever. And, and literally the I parents. I call that 1230. Yeah. And the parents aren't allowed <laughs> to go there. It's like, it's all, no way. they have their own wow. area. It's really kind of cool. That is really cool. Um, I, I don't think I would do the Disney cruise line until my kids were like late teens before they like leave the house kind of thing. Only in that I want them to be able to like go and do appreciate that it. And, and appreciate it and, and have some fun, uh, clean fun, you know, right? Because, I mean, they're pretty strict about that on cruises, right? Uh, <laughs> have you seen the Grunt Cruise? I just mean like in the kids' area on a Disney cruise. May the cruise. frothiness be with you. Okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Moving on. Uh, let's get to pop culture. Pop culture! I can't imagine any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Is it just me, or do you imagine Arthur Davril touching himself when he says, you're legends? I hope he doesn't. I mean, touching a talisman of some sort? Oh, maybe. That's badass. Touch, <laughs> touching that guy he carries around. All right, let's move on. We have to start to off with PG. a little bit of sad news. Yeah, I thought I, I thought mine was bad. Um, it came out yesterday that Ken Howard passed away. Mm. Uh, a lot of you youngsters really probably don't know this guy, except for you might know him as... Uh, not even the youngsters want to. If you watch West Wing, it's the most recent thing that I can remember him being in. Um, in the first season of West Wing, he was a uh, a judge who was being considered for the court before before the Supreme Court, um, which is ironically apropos for what's going on right now. Um, before it ended up being offered to the character played by Edward James Olmos. Oh, gotcha. Um, he played actually. There was a, actually tying it all around to Disney. He did a Disney. Uh, 
trailer, or made for a made for TV movie that Disney did back in the eighties that I loved when I was when I was a kid. It was called The Girl Who Spelled Freedom, hmm. and it was about a uh, I can't remember if she was Cambodian or Cambodian or Vietnamese, but she came over in the wake of Vietnam and. She didn't speak a lick of English, but mm. she ended up becoming a spelling bee national champion. Oh, wow. Cool. And he played the father in that. Okay. Anyways, if I don't have my actor screwed, screwed up. Anyways, uh, most recently, he's most well known because he's been the head of the SAG uh, Guild. for the. He's been the president for the last, uh, I don't know, six years. And he uh, was in charge during the major merger between SAG and AFTRA. Oh, okay. Um, well, he passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 71. Bummer. Uh, just real sad. Um, you know, a great leader at the head of, of some very important guilds. Uh-huh. Um, but then we got news today that Gary Shandling passed away at the what? age of sixty six. Um, no cause of death yet uh, on on Shandling. He, uh, um, that was that today. Yeah, a lot of people uh, know him from the you know the Larry Sanders show or the Gary Shandling show. Um, it's definitely goes back to the the origins of Fox Television. Wow! Um, when he was on that, at the same time as The Simpsons getting started, the Tracy Ullman show, um, very said. very funny. He most recently played, and this is one that you youngins will definitely get. Uh, he played the senator in uh, in uh, the Marvel movies. Um, who actually it turns out he's part of Hydra. Oh right! You remember okay. him in Winter Soldier? Um, yeah. Uh, he's the one that's really going after oh, man. Nick Fury, and so it's unfortunate that we lose a part of the uh, the. Um, and actually, I don't even know if he's part of Civil War. I'm actually going to have to go on IMDb and see yeah, if he's I'm part of it. Check that but out. it yeah. would make sense that he was, but I'm not sure. Right. But sad news. Um. But on the plus side, on the, the plus side, in the um in the fight for equality, Disney and Marvel Studios has decided to threaten Georgia, <laughs> like the state of Georgia. Yeah, the state of Georgia, <laughs> because there's a lot of fil- no, you're right. There's I'm a there's yeah. a lot of filming going on in Georgia right now, and actually. If you're an Archer fan like we are, yeah, uh, you know at the very end it's like in Georgia, right. you know, because they film a lot of it in Georgia. Well, not film, you know what I mean? Yeah, they do a lot of the work in Georgia, the VO and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but Georgia is pushing something through their state legislature right now, um, which is ironically, I believe it's called the Freedom for Religion Act or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um. um but it's basically that. an anti-LGBT bill. It basically gives people the right to discriminate against subgroups because of their personal religious beliefs i just of course kinda, it's not being sold that way by the no 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 but this this kind of stuff kills me yeah i'm with you yeah so um but but it's very cool that uh, disney who's actually disney is, has long been a champion of uh, of gay rights in the workplace yeah um they have uh, they're always uh, on the list of the best uh, uh, companies to work for if you're gay. Um, they were ahead of the curve on uh, giving uh, uh, insurance to to gay couples wow. and uh, and also uh, recognizing gay unions. Wow, cool. Um, and so it's just it's them taking the next step in that. Well, and I think if if that's what your company's already doing, why not say okay? Well, we're Disney. We can move this stuff anywhere else. Exactly. You know, and and make. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to get into a big rant, but I mean, it just, it's hard to believe that in 2016, we're still dealing with, uh, whole states that are trying to pass things like this. It's exactly. hard to believe. So, 
Anyway, so, uh, I'm, I'm glad Disney's uh-huh. taking a stand on this. Yay, Disney and Marvel. Yeah. All right, man. Should we get to our convention stuff? Yeah, let's get to I the think, convention I, I think, stuff. I think it's time. It's time. Um, real quick, before we get to what our experience at, at uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con, let's talk about let's talk uh, some news. convention news. So the first thing, Comic-Con International Lionsgate is launching Comic-Con HQ. Did you see this? I did not, but I'm very excited for this. Yeah, this is cool. So uh, let me open this up so we can uh, be accurate. I think this is an offsite. Hold on one second. Yeah, I'm guessing it's an offsite thing, very similar to Nerd HQ yeah. or uh, the uh, the thing that um, Legendary Entertainment did last year. So the highlights of it are video on demand. Oh, that's right. This is it. Uh, video on demand service. So Comic Con HQ is going to roll out a free beta access on May 7th and officially launch in June. Original content at launch to include San Diego Comic-Con programming along with original scripted and unscripted series uh, Kings of Con, Impossible Science, and previously announced Her Universe Fashion Show. Platform will also offer entertainment news and commentary featuring a full slate of daily and weekly programs with G4 stars Kevin Pereira and Adam Susser, executive producing select shows, which I think is interesting that they have their hands in this. Yeah, Um, I think that they're just trying to break into the on-demand video service a la yep. um, YouTube and that Nerdist has pretty much taken control. And really what it is, it says an ad-free streaming service will feature an involving slate of programming including original scripted and unscripted series, uh, reoccurring daily and weekly entertainment commentary plus unique access to a growing library of live archival programming. Um, so really what it is, is and they're also going to be trying to Put up selected panels and stuff like which that. Totally the con, which totally makes sense. I mean, really and cool. actually, I think this is a great idea because they, they have a whole bunch of content that is exclusive to them. Right. I mean, I can understand them not airing, say, Hall H panels live. Right. But say throughout the year after the con, doing yeah. panels. It's not going to be a whole H stuff. I don't know, but I, I mean, it says, uh, no, I'm just using that as an example. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unparalleled, uh, San Diego Comic Con access with the live streamed, uh, CCHQ programming, airings of select Comic Con panels, immersive access to the convention floor, and sanctioned events never before available to the public, such as Masquerade and the Eisner Awards. I've never seen the Masquerade, dude. I, I, I well, see the, to get in. I see the line for it every year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know what i mean so i think that's pretty cool i'm glad yeah, this no, is happening I think this is great it's i mean we're kind of seeing it um with the the daily and weekly news stuff we were seeing that already with nerdist um but the way that we're seeing um screen junkies expand to screen right. junkies plus bring in other outside people like kevin smith and jay muse and then also create their uh their own uh scripted television show right uh which was what the uh, interns of field <laughs> It's, uh, you know, it, it, there's multiple people that are going this route. And uh, there's an update on a different website. Uh, that first one was from Crazy for Comic-Con that we talked about. And this is from the SDCCblog.com. Um, and it says, although the initial launch date is an update of the paid service was set as June, Diamond Comics, who is partnered with uh, CCHQ for free comic book day announced, the beta access will continue through July 25th. So that beta access members will have access to the week-long coverage of this year's San Diego Comic Con. Oh, very cool. nice. Um, so if you, I, I'm guessing there's a an element you got to sign up and try to get in the beta. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but it, it just makes sense that because Diamond Comics had a huge presence at C2E2 in uh, at Chicago this last weekend. Right. Uh, one more thing. Uh, you know, logistics wise, you know, we're we're gearing up to book our hotels and yes, trying to are. get that done done. Um, but uh, these things as we get closer to the fact start coming to light so for one parking so if you're one of those people that comes from the outlying areas and have to drive in 
as same as last year, Ace Parking San Diego is is set to do their lottery based system again. So I don't know. Figure out a different way to get in there. Lottery based systems are crazy. Public transportation. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So should we talk about this? Marriott expansion paves way for Comic Con growth. So the yeah, why Marriott, don't you talk about that one? Because I'll do the next one. Yeah. So the the Marriott is actually has some convention space, and just like um, the way I interpreted this is just like um the hilton the, the indigo ballroom yeah the hilton bayfront with the indigo ballroom and i guess i didn't put the link in here for this one uh there the marriott which we were hoping to stay at yeah the marriott marina yeah and they they do have convention space they actually usually do the gaming stuff in there yeah um and stuff like that and i think they're talking to them about expanding into their uh, for panels and such. Yeah, well, this is obviously just going to be a stopgap while they're dealing with the city mm-hmm. and how they're going to do the uh, the convention center expansion, which is a whole other thing we'll get to in a minute. Right. Um, but it would just make sense because they they are definitely growing too big for the convention center. No, they are. I mean, they're they're. I mean, they've been too big for the convention center, which is why gas lamp is so great. Right, and the gas lamp's great because you can go down and do all the on the offsite stuff, but. If you need to have a panel outside, there's Indigo Ballroom, Ballroom 20. Yeah. Yeah, Ballroom 20. And so you have those, and then that's kind of it. That's it. And it's not the con. unless you're doing it outside, and that's not eventually sanctioned by the, the con. Exactly. So you have to be able to make sure people can, you know, have their badges and that kind of thing. So, exactly. so the last thing in uh, before we get to our con experience would be... San Diego Convention Center expansion. Yeah, this has been an issue for a while now, and we actually touched on this on one of our shows last year um, when uh, when CCI Comic Con International signed in, uh, in an extension of two years um, with the San Diego Convention Center up through 2018, right? Which is what they're doing right now. Um, and then I also believe they're in negotiations right now with the hotels again. Um, because they've got to do that about every two to three years for their lottery. Right. Now, the reason why this is such a big issue is that right now there are basically three major different plans uh, dealing with the city politics that um, come up when you're dealing with any sort of major uh, municipal uh, expansion. Okay. Um. So anyways, basically you have your first plan, which is kind of being uh, spearheaded by the mayor. And basically they want um, an expansion on site. Like, just bigger, right? Which Comic-Con also wants. But it turns out it's actually technically unconstitutional. Oh, really? Yeah. And this is the 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 contiguous plan because it puts it all in the same thing. The reason being is that um, the way that this plan would go about, it would increase hotel tax revenue without putting it up for a vote. Which is why it would be unconstitutional. Oh, I see. Okay. So this might be DOA unless they can find another way to work around it. Right. Um, the second plan is what's called the citizens plan. And it's actually a few uh, people that are already big in the area. Uh, a lawyer, a former city council person, um, and then other prominent people, including some real estate developers. Because, of course, they're going to get involved. And this is called the citizens plan. And, um, they want it not to be contiguous. They want to have an offsite expansion because they don't want to basically wall off the bayfront. Right. That makes sense. Because if they were to expand now, they would have to basically expand up to the Hilton and the Marriott. Oh, wow. And just cover those roads of basically, and it just blocks off the entire bayfront. Right. But the issue with this that I found, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things because all of it basically comes down to hotel tax revenue and stuff like that. But the biggest issue I found with this one is it 
designates the money that is collected from the increased hotel revenue not to go into a specific fund earmarked for the convention center, but it mandates that the money goes into a general fund that the city itself can designate what it wants to do with that money. Oh, Jesus. Now, right. coming from Washington, um, where I lived for quite a while, and you lived for a little bit too, they yeah. actually have a massive general fund, which in in theory is great because it gives you a massive fund that you're able to use for pet projects that can come up on any given notice, yeah. right? Yeah. The problem with it is, is it's at the whim of anybody who's in charge. Right. Okay. So that's what I don't like about it. The third plan really involves the chargers. <laughs> and this is really- Is this if they leave? No, this is if they stay. Oh. And this is really up in the air because as of right now, the chargers are staying for one more year. Right. Um, and possibly moving to L.A. after that. But they might stay if they can get a stadium. And this third plan uh, involves uh, building a massive new, um, basically campus-style entertainment complex, very in the lane in the reign of uh, the Staples Center. Yeah, proposed yeah, okay. LA yeah. Rams expansion for 2019. Um, so what it would do is it would include a stadium, a massive convention center, and and everything. Um, and of course, this will not be on site. This will be somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yeah. Um, and again, the problem with this is it increases the hotel revenue again. But the problem is, is the entire campus style uh, thing is going to cost about 1.8 billion dollars. Oh. Um, and only 650 of that is actually going to come from the project itself. And of that 650, 300 million is going to come from the NFL because they're going to pitch right, and try right, to keep the right. team stay in LA. So 350 million of it will come from the project. Um, another, uh, 350 will come from the increased hotel taxes. Yeah. Um, and then, but that still leaves you at still needing, I think, $800,000. And that's going to have to come from investors and, yeah. Possibly raising a levy or something like that. Wow. Um, it would be massive. It would be in the vein of 225,000 square feet, which would be huge. That would be really crazy. It would get really crazy. And honestly, the only place it can really go, would be, I would think, would be Mission Valley. Yeah. Um, which kind of just takes away the beauty of the convention center being right on the water. Petco Park right across the street. So you right. already have that. Honestly, I don't like any of these ideas. I don't either. My, my favorite plan is the plan that they stay through 2018 and then move to Anaheim. Well, and... Okay, so my two cents as far as moving to Anaheim, I'm okay with it because then I can pop over to Disneyland if I want to. Exactly. Uh, Anaheim Convention Center is about the same size. It's bigger. It's bigger. Yeah. Yes. So, but there is also large hotels in the area that you can expand into. Right, and and like another Hilton. So you have other Hiltons. You have you don't have the, in my opinion, the charm. Of some of the no, the, because you don't the have the gas, gas lamp. lamp. Exactly, you don't have downtown Anaheim, area. Anaheim is not gas lamp. No, it's not. Not a, not even by no stretch of imagination is it the same th- comparison. So I I don't know per- personally. Um, I would rather. I don't mind going to Anaheim. I love the gas lamp downtown. Honestly, um, I mean you don't mind going to San Diego. I don't mind going to San Diego, but <laughs> in a, in a perfect world. I wouldn't mind going to Anaheim because then I have, I have Disneyland, I have a convention, and then I can go downtown Disney. I can do this, I can do that. I have the, you know, and then there's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, the, it, it's a tough, it's a tough thing, dude. Uh, the biggest hurdle that I see if they were to go to Anaheim, um, they could always go to the LA Convention Center too, which is near Staples Center, and there's, there's that's true. So there, there's other options. Um, especially they could 
take advantage of the whole LA Rams complex, which is coming up. The thing with the Anaheim Convention Center is it's already basically, the flag has already been planted there by Disney, obviously. It's where D23 is held every other year. Um, that's where Star Wars Celebrations was this year. Right. I mean, so, of course, last year, this year's Celebrations is going to be in London. Um, but already where Marvel kind of pulled out of Comic-Con last year, you can see Disney's properties are already shifting to the Anaheim Convention Center. Right, right. And they're just not going to want somebody to come in to challenge that. On the other hand, you know, San Diego already has a great um, Comic-Con shuttle service. Yeah. And when Disneyland expanded in 2001... Uh, to expand to include the, uh, I mean, it was in the early 2000s, but I believe construction started in 2001. Uh, to in, uh, to go up, to, I mean, it started in 98, opened in 2001 for um, California Adventure. Right. They were required to put a whole bunch of money into the uh, freeway infrastructure and the public transportation infrastructure. Right. I mean, that whole off-ramp system is completely exactly. revamped. So they've that. got yeah. huge parking structures, which would make it a lot easier um, also, if you go all around Anaheim, you see that all the bus stops all look the same because they're yeah. all themed now. True. Um, and a la Pet um, Park, Petco Park, they could always rent out the Big A or the Pond. Yeah. And they're just blocks away. I just had a thought. Um, here's why I think it should stay in San Diego. Uh, 40 years of history? <laughs> yeah. It being there for this all this time, one thing. The other thing is, um, you know, the gas lamp, that area, San Diego itself, really relies on that revenue. Oh, absolutely. They embrace it. And I, they're going to fight for it. And and I'm very interested to see. I, I don't like that new convention idea. I like the idea of expanding into other hotels. And I think the off-site system right now makes really separates this convention from other ones because – you have this huge thing happening in the main section. But then, even if you don't have a badge to the convention... Like I haven't for a few years. You can go and get a con experience and go to panels and meet celebrities and meet other people and like-minded folks who are into the same exactly. thing you are. Where and I think it, that's huge. Exactly. Where if it were to go to Anaheim, you would lose all that. Because there you really would. is no region in Anaheim except for downtown Disney. And it's not going to go there right. for you to have a walk around experience like that. Absolutely. So um, I, I say we table this here, see how it develops. But honestly, I, I'd like to see it stay where it is in this form it is. It's going to keep expanding. Um, but I like the ideas of some of the other hotels saying, hey, yeah, have panels here. You know, exactly. And that can only I mean, help because there. there is and people moving from the convention center to other places that only helps, you know, the restaurants and the and the offsite other offsite things going on um, get more traction, too. So I think that's good. Yeah, I think the biggest problem you're going to have with that is it's going to require a huge increase in staffing. That's by, true. By Comic-Con International. Well, the, I mean, you can get more volunteers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of logistics around conventions, let's go Ooh, to SVCC. Damn. That was smooth. Boom. Smooth transition. Okay, so let's... We went to San... Uh, I'm a smooth okay. transitioner. Yeah, I ruined it. Silicon Valley, <laughs> Silicon Valley Comic Con we went to this weekend. And um, honestly, I had a really good time. Uh, let's, let's hit the pros first. What were the, what were the highs of it? Highlights for me? <sighs> Writing panels. Absolutely. I, as a writer myself and, and a wannabe published fantasy author at some point in my future fantasy world person, not fantasy author, but fantasy in my head, um, I was able to go to four 
writing specific panels that were moderated by writers. The panelists were all writers, famous writers. Tad Williams was on two of them. Yep. Um, one of my favorite authors got to meet him. If you were on our Instagram or Facebook, you saw that I got a selfie with him. Nice. Um, but being able to walk up after a panel and be like, Hey, I basically was just like, you know, my wife and I are a big fan of your books. Uh, you know, and that panel was really about your first couple pages and that impression that it gets. And he just finished kind of tearing apart these people's writing, uh, and, and getting to kind of walk up to him and say, you know what? Uh, I've done this thing. I published, I've published, I've written this book. Um, I'm in, you know, I'm looking to get it published and I'm not like, Hey, help me out. It was more just like, thank you. You know, thanks for being able to thank somebody who, whose writing I appreciate face to face and be like, Hey, you know what? Shake his hand. You know, him ask me questions, you know, and give me advice. I don't remember what he said because I was talking to Ann Williams, but <laughs> I was just like, yeah, whatever you said was great. Um, can I get a selfie with you real quick? Cause I got to move on. And, and I know you, you're a busy guy. There was another panel already like pretty much already like loaded in at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was one of my highlights. I we mean, walked by Stan Lee too before I forget. <laughs> I was from me to will from Stan Lee and we're talking three feet. I almost and bumped into him and I did not recognize you. Him. Almost bumped into him. His entourage well, buffered. I almost bumped into his security, <laughs> and and I and I smacked Will on the back as I'm like watching Stan Lee walk away, and I'm like, dude, Stan Lee just walked by, and you're like, what? Well, I'm like, well, I, all I saw was like a guy who's bigger than me, and to give you an idea, I'm six foot, almost four hundred pounds. This guy's bigger than me in a bright yellow shirt. I think he drew my attention. Oh, but Stan Lee looked good, man. He was uh, just ninety four years old, walking through a convention. He must have been just getting done with a sign or something, so that was cool. Yeah, well, I think he was finishing up with a signing, plus uh, that was – because that was on uh, Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so he was going into his – because he did uh, one of the last things – the closing ceremony. He did, huh? Yeah. was with he and and Waz, so. And so that was one of the other pros of this convention. It was smaller. Um, The stars not necessarily were more accessible, but they had to kind of like – move through these common areas and stuff, mm-hmm. which is one thing. Um, but meeting some of my favorite writers, the writing panels were great. Um, yeah. And in San Diego also has those writing panels, but they're just, they do. They're so much harder to get into. And they're bigger. And considering that this one, this, this entire convention only had, uh, seven panel rooms. Right. It's not that hard to get it, get to them. I mean, it might be hard to get into some of them. And, and depending on what time you showed up, it definitely was. But, you know, I always show up early to things. So I got there and. Except for Archer panels. Well, I got there early. It's not early enough. Uh, so I, I got, I got to these panels and they're in real small rooms. They packed a lot of people into them. But, um, some of these, so one of the panels I went to had to do with, um, different ways of publishing your book. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, whether it be an indie press, self-publishing, or the mainstream big press guys, right. you know, the big five or whatever. I believe and, that the panel is called the Brave, the Brave New World of Publishing. Yeah. And, um, it was really neat to hear all of these people from different realms kind of, uh, telling their stories and saying, you know, but really the bottom line of all of this is like, there's luck, there's skill, but there's also connections. More, it's, it's connections. It's all these things kind of wrapped up also in the fact of like, you know, they tell stories, okay, this guy self-published and then his second book did this. And I mean, all these crazy things, but, um, I, I had a really good time with that aspect of it was the, the writing panels. That yeah, was great. I, I went to the last writing panel that you went to. Oh, the world building. The world building one was, one. Building one was, was cool. really cool. And actually, um, I've actually taken a, a major break from my writing. I mean, I, I tend to do a lot of nonfiction writing as it is or nonfiction based story writing. Right. Um, 
but it's it's honestly been a while since I've written. It's just I haven't been in the the, the right mode. Um, but then one of the authors in the world bidding thing, honestly, he said one rule that he kind of sets himself with and it started sparking an idea in me and so it's great and so i was really happy i got to meet that guy afterwards his name was rob wells right um he and his brother or dan are both writers and then you met um mike uh mark mark yeah uh it was great because these guys were they were they were just at the uh the word fire uh press panel or press uh, booth yeah his name was mark ryan um he he had his first two books recently published by word fire press which was cool yeah, so it was just cool. We got to go meet them, get a couple things autographed, and they were giving us publishing advice, yeah. which is great. And and one of the other panels I went to was about getting started as a writer. Right. And, and this panel was cool because there was all kinds of range of folks there, and, and that was kind of cool. Um, different people who have written different things, uh, different genres and all that kind of stuff. But um, – some of the advice they give you as far as organization and, and hearing, oh, some people outline, some people don't, some people do this. Um, and I've, and I've gotten some really cool ideas from this weekend, uh, to try to structure my writing a little bit better. Um, yeah. And actually, the, the big upshot that I got from all of this was write. Yeah. Just keep, keep writing going every day. And even if you finished your book, don't yeah. get bogged down in the query process. <laughs> Keep writing your yeah, second book. Mark's advice was like, okay, good. Start your second book. I was like, uh, okay. I've already got a nice idea for that, but I'm going to get started right now. Exactly. And then, for example, we met uh, one of the Winter Twins. And, um, you know, I, I had never heard of them until this con. Right. And, of course, I saw their picture. I'm like, oh, they're hot. And <laughs> Well, they're also super tiny. They're also super tiny. But the funny thing is, is they are like writing prodigies. Mm-hmm. They were published at 12, internationally published at 13. Which is crazy. Crazy. And um, and they're world builders. They 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 build these unique worlds, yeah, which I like think they is do very fan important. Fate. They start off and fa- they write their own worlds, right? Which is really cool. All right, so uh, shall we get to the cons? Yeah. Or what? We have more pros, real quick. Back to the Future. That was cool. Yeah, the Back to the Future panel was very fun. I really enjoyed seeing uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, Lee Thompson, and Christopher Lloyd really play off each other. Um, I really enjoyed that panel. Um, I left that one a little early for another writing panel. <laughs> That's when I met Ted Williams. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. We actually, we caught like the last 20 minutes of the Shatner panel. Oh, that was funny, And actually, dude. you know, I've never been a huge Shatner fan. Um, but honestly, he kind of won me over here. He yeah, is he was charming good. as hell. Yeah. Um, and then we also caught like the last 20 minutes of Renner's panel. Jeremy Renner. Oh, Jeremy Renner. That was cool. He yeah. didn't want to leave. They had to literally be yeah, like, they, dude, they you have to literally had to like pull him off stage. But uh, <laughs> one of my favorite questions is uh, that uh, uh, a girl came up and you now she had to be late teens, early 20s. And, and she was like, can you please, for the love of God, tell us what <laughs> happened in Budapest? <laughs> oh, no, he... She asked, uh, what happened in Budapest? Oh, yeah. And he goes, oh, no. Do you, you know, know what, happened, yeah, in you know what happened in Budapest? And he's like, yeah, I do. Of course I do. <laughs> but he didn't tell any of us, which was lame. <laughs> yeah. No, and then it's really funny because I was talking with our friend Michaela today. Right. And, uh, and, and she's like, you know what would be a, a great uh, Netflix series? If they did a, a Netflix series on the backstory between uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow. And I'm like, that was just what we were talking about. The yep, that was. Um, all right, man. So let's get to uh, some of the downsides of the con because this was their first. I, I'm not, I don't want to hold it against them. It's a very small convention center for one. Yeah. I had my two, my two main cons are the first one is 
as well organized as in how well laid out the show floor is for San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, this one was not. No, it was really I mean, hard. They had to, an artist alley, and they yeah. and because they were trying to do tech technology, they had like an app alley, which was like four booths, or whatever. But none of the booths are really numbered, even though it says go to booth number like you do at cons when right. you have the big numbers above them and everything. But none of the individual booths really had their numbers on them, so you couldn't really tell. Yeah, they had the big numbers hanging above, but it was really difficult to tell individual individual booths, booths yeah. from others. And there wasn't any big signage, you know, as opposed to in San Diego. I mean, everybody's got huge signs, and and this is the Fox booth. This is this. This is that. You know, and that was Speaking really difficult. Of, that, of the major studios, Warner Brothers was the only one that had a booth, and mm-hmm. all it was was like a raffle sort of thing. Yeah, it was and they the size were of my desk. Closed. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in the very back of the – it was, like, near the closed refreshment stand. Right. And so that was kind of weird. There weren't any big names there, which is – which makes sense sort of because it was their first con. Um, big companies aren't – you know, they'll they'll see how it goes, I'm sure. Um, the other thing was probably the for, volunteer staff, likely. Yeah, well, they were a little weak. But my biggest thing was for as good as, again, San Diego has with the uh, – a relationship it has with the outside community right um like gas lamp there was nothing around the convention center for san jose we had to walk blocks and blocks to find a reasonable place for lunch yeah it was so hard to get food i mean we've although it was really difficult to get food yeah i mean there was really good restaurants i mean we went to like Mm. uh, arcadia which was the restaurant part of the fairmont i believe yeah we went there for breakfast with my mom that was nice. so good yeah it was really good almost 20 bucks for breakfast burrito not cheap um And and so that was kind of the theme. I mean, you are downtown San Jose. It makes sense that things are expensive, but at the same time, I, I guess it's I guess not- we're we're used to okay. So you go to Hilton Bayfront in San Diego, and the all the employees are in cosplay. Right. You know, the menu changes sometimes. Yes. The specials change, drink specials, that kind of thing. There was no embracing of the con outside of the convention center. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it was regular, really high-priced downtown prices. Yeah, well, it seemed that... No food trucks. No. Yeah, well, you it know. seemed like the people that were working in the restaurants were surprised about what kind of con it was. Yeah. <laughs> They're used to business conventions. Right. Yeah. It's that, not that. That's not that. Um, the other con I, I think mean, we, I had... we don't have expense accounts. Yeah. The yeah. other con I think I had was uh, they actually did have to clear the rooms. at, at Yes. And... The main reason being, well, they had to clear the main panel rooms, and that was because they had paid panels. Yes. Like, Philly and we were like, oh, crap, nobody understands that we can just sit right in front. So we were three rows back. Yeah, we were three rows back for Philly. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, unless you're a VIP, get out. And we're like, ooh, yeah, that's right. There's a paid panel. So it does make sense. There have been people lined up for a while um, and that kind of thing. So other than that, though, I had a really good time. Yeah, it was um, definitely a lot of fun. Uh, any other highlights? Uh, seeing your brother. Yeah, my brother's cool. It's fun hanging out with my brother. I get to see my mom. I, d- I don't get to see them that often. And, you know, they are in the Bay Area, but, you know, we're three and a half, four hours away from their minimum. So uh, it was nice seeing family. And um, Yeah, I haven't seen your mom since Christmas. I haven't seen your right. brother in like 10 years. I was going to say, you haven't seen my brother since probably my wedding, right? Close to it. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of fun. We got to hang out with him. We went to an Irish pub with my brother and, uh, played some, you know, Wii U and, and stuff like that. So that was pretty fun. Oh yeah. By the way, you know, how did somebody who'd never played Super okay. Smash Brothers well, do against you in the third match? Well, it depends on how much you drink previous <laughs> <laughs> and there's that. Uh, so anyway, so that was fun and I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. We saw Stan Lee, writers, 
Um, anything else worthy, noteworthy? I feel like I'm forgetting something. What was the con floor for you? What was the con floor? What, yeah. What do you? How do you feel about the con floor in this in this at this convention? I think we should talk about that. Um, there, and this isn't why I go to cons, but there was like no swag. Well, and and I guess that's the big difference. We were expecting to be able to come back with a bag full of stuff we give out to our listeners, give out to our right, friends and like, family, you know, and a book uh, synopses. Or yeah. you know. I had to find, I had to look really hard to find something for my kids. Yeah, and normally I can find a number of kids' books, toys, stuff like that, and it was wasn't easy this time. No, the the vendors were very, uh, uh, they weren't varied vendors. But here's my overall thing. I had a really good time. Yes. I it's a convention that's affordable and close to me. <laughs> Definitely affordable. And something I'm going to continue to do Except and for food. and from oh yeah. And from what I understand, actually I didn't put this in the in the show notes, but um that was very well received um by the, by especially by the people the uh, the celebrities and right. the vendors and everything like that. Overall, it seemed to have gone over very well. They're already planning 2.0. And I'm glad about that. Yes. I can't wait to see what they do next year. And, and we'll be there. We will. Cool, man. Uh, should we actually get to pop culture now? Yeah, let's get to the pop culture news. Because <laughs> we've had... Oh, my God. It's been a night. <laughs> it's, it's been a heck of a night. And we don't have a... Well, we have a lot, but not a whole <laughs> lot. Uh, let's just... we're Let's do it. We're in TV. Here we go. Let's fly through it. Uh, <laughs> Iron Fist will be completely different than other Marvel Netflix shows, according to Joe Quesada. Uh doesn't it have to be it does this is like saying like uh my office chair sits my butt um is that a weird comparison a little bit Hmm. oh it's a long night this guy does kung fu (laughs) he said it still takes place in the same world i think the danny Rand character himself will have a different perspective on the world than some of the other characters seen now as will luke cage and it says our goal is to provide four different shows that each have their own feel while again feeling like they're part of the whole. So it'll be different, but part well, of I mean, the whole. And I mean, already, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we've already discussed this, how Daredevil's gritty, how right. Jessica Jones is noirish. And mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see what the vibe of Luke Cage is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I don't know if it's going to be very noir, but it's going to be very, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to come off very urban. Yeah. Just because he's black? No, I don't mean Being urban. Racist? I don't mean urban Joking, as, in, as in racial. <laughs> I mean, urban is like. It's been a day. Because, you know, for all of these, I mean, yeah, they take place in Hell's Kitchen, right? Yeah, but yeah. It doesn't really feel like it's New York. You, I see what you're saying. Because you see back alleys and stuff. That's what you're seeing in Daredevil. It's what you're seeing in Jessica Jones. I'm with you 100%. I think you're going to get more of a vibe of the city. Yeah. The urban lifestyle. In, right. No, I'm in, with you, man. In Luke Cage. I'm with you. And that's I think a good that's guess. also gonna I think that's also gonna carry over a little bit into Iron Fist. I think it is, and then there's the magic aspect too. Absolutely. Which is gonna be cool. Uh, a couple preacher things. Preacher to premiere uh following Fear the Walking Dead mid season finale. And, it makes sense. And you know, it does make sense uh, in an AMC show. And why not follow the show the ratings that, I mean, why not? It makes sense. Uh, and preacher behind the scenes video, uh, I'll have a link in the show notes. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, so this is being done by Seth Rogen. Right, which is really cool. Yes. I'm, I'm excited about that. <laughs> I this am, is cool. It is. I'm actually on board with this. Yeah. I'm Okay, so when Neil Patrick Harris closed the deal uh, to star in Netflix's series, uh, Netflix is a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. They it's going to be great. Okay, there was a 2004 movie uh, based on the Lemony Sticket books with, I saw it. with uh, Jim Carrey playing Count Olaf. Mm. 
um, this is just going to be Neil Patrick Harris taking over that role, and they're going to do a series because there's 13 books in the movie. In yeah, the series. There's they, enough to cover for sure. Yeah, they barely touched on it in the movie, and so they they definitely have a lot more that they can go with. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they can honestly do a, a limited run of six to ten episodes for each book. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm not the biggest fan of those books, obviously, but I mean, but you're not their target audience. I'm not their target audience, and I think I don't know, I think it's gonna be cool. Um, well, I just love Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> don't we all? So the Flash was <laughs> there's this there's an article on comicbook.com that says uh, why the Flash was chosen as the first crossover with Supergirl, um, and it says when it was announced the Flash would be crossing over with Supergirl, fans were ecstatic. Um, they're still ecstatic, blah, blah, blah. So why the Flash? So if you're wondering why Berlanti chose that, he said, we needed to create a way to do it, says Berlanti. We had to introduce Super- Superman since you've heard about him and you've heard about Supergirl, but in worlds of Arrow and Flash, they didn't exist in that world. We introduced the multiverse in the Flash this year, and that was our way in. So it was a multiverse that made it all possible. So most fans assumed as much when the crossover was announced with very little details. And it's just kind of a cameo deal, right? I mean, that's pretty much all it comes down well, to. Well, it's basically they're they're saying that Superman and Supergirl right. are not on Earth One. Is that what they're saying? That's they're saying the multiverse. No. Oh. So wait. So they're on one of the other fifty one Earths is what uh, I'm guessing. Really? Yeah, okay. Super Supergirl cameoed on the Flash as Barry Allen traveled through dimensions. As for why Barry Allen and not Oliver Queen, it seemed even silver. Oliver wouldn't exactly be a snug fit in National City's mythology, while Barry would have a much easier time accepting and accepting a girl with super strength and the ability to fly. And which begs the question for me, if that's the way they're going, right? are there 52 Kryptons? Or is there only one Ooh. Krypton and it just happened to go to one of the 52 Earths? Damn, son. That's <laughs> mind blown, right? <laughs> Maybe the name of the show. Okay, so uh, Batman's butler, Alfred Pennyworth, could be getting his own TV series. That's interesting to me. This would be interesting, but... It, but I don't know how it would work. Well, I think they're going off of... Obviously rumors. Well, yeah, but off of the success they're getting with Gotham, and mm-hmm. that you can have a Gotham-themed show without Batman. And although we should mention it, tonight is the premiere, right now, as we're speaking, it's actually lighting out... Um, Batman v Superman in our little town is playing right now. Yes. Um, and from that trailer, it does seem that the butler is pretty BA. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you got to remember he's like 60 years old. Yeah. Okay. In this. And so, well, I mean, not necessarily in this, but he's, he's at least a generation older than Bruce Wayne. Right. But you also know that he served the Wayne family for years before Bruce. So if you do have a series about Pennyworth, you can definitely get more involved into the, the Wayne Foundation, the, Wayne the, Wayne Foundation, the family. older family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good idea. Actually, go way back to where he's younger and, you know, okay. All right. I think, I think it work. can be done. Yeah. I think it would be hard to do a full run series like Gotham. Yeah. I think it's leaning itself more towards a limited run series. Okay. In the vein of like uh, Agent Carter kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Cool. All right. So, Jeremy Renner, uh, as of SVCC, uh, we were we in the room when we talked about it. We I think we must have got there right after. Right after. Um, so Jeremy Renner, I guess the question in the audience was, uh, "Hey, you need your own Netflix series too?" And he's like, "Of course he's in." You know, so should Hawkeye have his own Netflix series? Is my question to you, sir? Okay, I'm going to. The answer is yes. Yes, but I'm going to put a pin in this for a second. Okay. 
And I'm going to go down to the very last thing in the TV section mm. that it was announced. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a rumor going around that they're actually shopping a limited run series around Captain Britain. Okay. Um, which is also a very less well-known Marvel character, but I believe he's part of uh, Excalibur. Okay. Which is the British themed X-Men spinoff that happened in the, I believe early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, something like that. Um, but Captain Britain's in the same vein as Captain America. Right. Or, okay. you know, whatever. Um, I think that, I mean, they, they obviously have their whole Defenders arc that they're doing with the four uh, heroes and the Defenders follow-up. I think you can easily do uh, a six to ten episode featured, and you don't even have to call them, like, series. Yeah. You can just have them, I mean, literally mini-series. I mean, like. There's like, a Hawkeye arc. Exactly. Boom. Because, okay. I mean, like, what, it's exactly what you do in comics. You have a mm-hmm. five to six ep- issue um, limited run. Instead of calling it a series, just call it a limited run. I'm wondering if, I'm wondering if we're going to get there eventually. And I don't know if, I don't know if there'll be in, any investment for the big studios for this, obviously, but with Netflix, um, Amazon and Hulu, they're all dabbling in these things. Well, like Kimmy all... Schmidt, for example, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that was still like 13 episodes. It was 13, but I'm saying, could, could we, you know, pare it down even more than that and be yeah, like, well, all think, right, here's six episodes. Well, we're already getting there. I mean, the, the X-Files season was six episodes. That's true. And that was on network TV. And that was on network TV. Mm. Um, but it was the X-Files. The, uh, the Vixen, uh, animated series has already been picked up for a second series of six episodes. But that was animated. So are uh, we going to, no, I'm with you. We're getting there, but I'm, the I'm thinking. The storytelling aspect is yeah. already there. Okay. All right. And granted, the, the, uh, the Vixen cartoons are only like 15 minutes piece. Right. But, they're already kind of going there. Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah. Should we talk about this? We, this is old news. <laughs> and we re- we went to a D&D panel on Saturday. It was great. And it was really cool. It. And we forgot to talk about it earlier, but it was a very good panel talking about why D&D is popular, uh, why it's still going. Your and mom kind even of, seemed to like My it. mom was there and she was like, I don't understand what's happening, but it seems great. And she was like, you know, they highlighted some influences for the video games and that kind of thing. So it was this is a really what you cool were doing panel. with your friends when you were in junior high. Oh, this is what, and this is what I was doing. And so now that we've started our group, um, which we're doing tomorrow night, uh, our D and D group, the guy who basically is in charge of D and D right now yeah. for Wizards of the Coast is he's basically the, the brand manager. Yeah. Blue, and, so. You know, and he's standing up there and he's like, well, yeah, well, you know, Warner Brothers announced that they're going to be doing a D and D, a new D and D movie. I was like, what the hell? And you, we all remember that. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I have it on DVD. It's terribly awesome. It's terribly and, cheesy. And, Oh, it's so cheesy, but it's so D and D though, you know, and that's what I love about it. And I loved it <laughs> during the panel. They showed the intro to the comic from the uh, the cartoon from the right. Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, the Saturday it's morning like, cartoon. And is I'm amazing. the dungeon master who will lead you on your quest. <laughs> and okay, so if you remember the D and D movie that came out in two thousand something, something like um, early early two thousand. And actually, I believe it wasn't even Warner Brothers. It was New Line. Who was? Yeah, I don't I remember. Think it was New Line. Uh, that's doing the new one? No, that did the the. First oh one. yeah, yeah, I think it was. Um, what's the actor? He overacted like crazy. He played the villain. Um, Jeremy Irons. Was it Jeremy Irons? I think so. Holy crap, dude! Who, ironically enough, is Alfred Pennyworth yeah. in the new Batman v Superman? It, it look at see who it was. But honestly, that piece of acting when he's talking about, and I think it was highlighted in Babylon. Otherwise, we need to send it to him. It was like rain from the sky. It was like. So much overacting, but long and the short of it is, I'm excited to see. There's a, Jeremy Irons. Okay, so there's a film franchise for D and D 
uh, in the in the works, and it's going to start. I love that this is happening now, at the height of D and D popularity. Really, Marlon Wayans was in it. Yo, he was. He was. He played the thief. He was a terrible thief. Thor Birch. Oh my god! That have you seen that movie anytime recently? No, it's been literally like a decade. okay. Uh, watch that movie. It's amazing. Terrible, but amazing. Uh, I'm excited about this film franchise. This was announced a year or so ago, but I just we brought it up because uh, it got brought to our attention from that panel. Um, moving on. Yeah, moving on. This was cool. Speaking of Luke Cage, director for Sherlock is directing the first two episodes of Luke Cage. Very cool. That's all I have to say about that because I love Sherlock and Luke Cage is going to be amazing. Uh, do you have a name? Oh, Paul McGugan. Cool. Director of Luck- Lucky Number Slevin. That was a good movie. And multiple episodes of Sherlock confirmed on Twitter that he's directing the first two episodes of Luke Cage, which debuts on Netflix in September. Awesome. It's going to be awesome. Bring right. quality in. Exactly. Uh, let's see. <laughs> first look at... <laughs> what? I put this in here? Because, okay, so we had that whole rant about Archie be- being a Riverdale. thing. Being a thing with Riverdale as a series. That's it. Are you looking at it? I am. So first look as KJ Appa. Apa? As Archie Andrews in Riverdale. So there's a, a RL picture, a real life picture here. And then like, hey. Yeah, because this isn't the Archie we grew up with. This no. is Archie from like the 2000s. So to me, you don't even need the Archie part. This is just some some teen dude. Yeah, it's, needs it's to a do teen a show just with the Archie characters. Yeah. Well, I'm not any more interested than before. Nope. Not uh, they start recording Vixen season two. The animated uh, series? Yes. I really enjoyed this. And I, I loved how, uh, and I think I mentioned this when we talked about the Arrow episode uh, that had the Vixen crossover. And uh, he said, uh, when Oliver was explaining to everyone else how he met Vixen, he goes, we had an animated meeting last summer. because it, I loved that. That was yeah, cool. It was it was great. Even though I hadn't seen the animated series, I thought that I, I ever. You got to watch them. Seriously, they take about an hour to watch them. Well, I even rewound it and I was like, I told the wife, I was like, dude. He's, he's referencing the cartoon because it's a cartoon. And she's like, what? And I was like, okay, come on. <laughs> anyway, Star Wars veteran Peter Serafinowitz. Is that it? Serafinowitz? I don't know. To play Serafinowitz. Serafinowitz. I don't know. Uh, to play the Tick in the Amazon's live action revival. So that, we talked about I this a while Patrick back. I Warburton back. I know. He's amazing. But this guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be the, I mean. I he, can see him. He, I can see him doing it. Um, he was, uh, let's see, Guardians of the Galaxy, he was in the Phantom Menace, uh, you know, I think it's gonna be cool, but, you know, like I said, I, I like the tick, interested to see what happens. Oh, no. Well, no, we talked about how last week- No, we have to talk about this. We talked about last week how, uh, the Russo brothers said that there's gonna be a, a very prominent ripple effect throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe from Civil War. Right. Well, now it's also looks like it's going to impact the Agents of Shield as well. So it's Marvel. It's funny because we always see effects from the shows, from the movies, <laughs> the movies. the shows. I want them to bring up something from the shows, and we've talked about it. And it'd be nice for it to go backwards, you know, like not backwards, but you know, have both from, the other way from show to movie instead of only movie to show. But I think we're going to get closer to that, considering we're getting a Mockingbird spinoff. Mm-hmm. That's true. And Agent Carter's been so popular. Carter's so good, dude. All right. So showrunners of Game of Thrones. And I had to throw this in there because we've talked about Game of Thrones the last couple of weeks. Um, and we're getting closer. End of, a- end of April. Uh, season six won't spoil the books. And it 
It makes sense because there isn't a, there isn't another book. Right. And at this point, they've deviated so much from the books. Well, they have to start writing their own stories now because George R. R. Martin is not. He he is. Right. He is, in air quotes. You can't see it. I'm air quoting Hella. He's um, writing, but not publishing. I'm Hella air quoting. Um, he might be writing. Who knows? But the thing is, bottom line, they have to keep going with the show. The show is stupid popular. It's a and they have to continue the storyline. So whether... It's not going to spoil the books, which is kind of exciting, only in that I've been reading the books. And so I'm going to watch the show, and I'm going to read the books, and then I don't have to, like, read the book and be like, well, that's not how it went. You know what I mean? For me, it's like, now I have two. Well, now you're going to read two the book, Game of Thrones. Like, that's not how it went in the show. <laughs> Will I? Will I care? No. You know, I, Does anybody ever do that? It never happens that way. Uh, well, I will give you a prime example mm, Okay. that did not work out. Spielberg directed Jurassic Park. No. Based on a great movie, a great book. Crichton started writing the sequel called The Lost World. Right. And they were all gung-ho to do the second film before the book was done. <laughs> and so the first half of the movie is fairly similar to the first half of the book. Right. They then threw in some stuff from the first book that was not in the first movie to kind of fill in some time. <laughs> and then the whole ending in San Diego was completely different. So – it just it can go a different way when you don't wait for the source material. That's pretty funny. All right, comics, real quick. Um, I'm actually kind of excited about this. Me too, man. And and because and I'll read the title, and then I'll I'll say why I'm excited too. Marvel announces unbeatable Squirrel Girl beats up the Marvel universe. <laughs> well, I love first how they pull off unbeatable and beat, um, <laughs> but this puts her in the same vein as Deadpool. And it, and it puts that kills the Marvel universe, which yes. Deadpool did. And I read it and it's phenomenal. He just goes around murdering all of the, all of the superheroes in the Marvel universe. And what's great is that I don't, I don't think Squirrel Girl gets her due credit. Well, she's Squirrel Girl. Because she's Squirrel Girl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if she had any other name. <laughs> I know, right? And the fact that she's a babysitter. Yeah. Granted, a babysitter for just But she's powerful and cool and yeah, but whatever. The funny but... thing is, she's like one of only three Marvel characters that has beaten Thanos. Right. But that's insane. I know. Nobody's buying it. That's the problem. We'll see how it goes. Your name, you have a squirrel tail. You you're a young squirrels. girl, and your ability is to talk to squirrels. Uh, well, Ant-Man can talk to ants. Yeah, he can also ride them and shrink. Oh, and uh, if you believe what you read, and uh, he'll become Giant Man. Giant Man. All right, so movies, and then we're out of here. Yeah, I'm going to let you do the first one because I don't want anything to do with this one. This is like you dealing with Baywatch. Okay, this is like my Baywatch. This is the bane of my existence. Okay, so not a Schwarzenegger fan, okay? There are certain things he's done that I've enjoyed. Mm, okay. I liked on. Running Man. Kind of was based on a Stephen King novella. But okay, let me read the title of this. Go ahead. Arnold Schwarzenegger says there's another Terminator movie coming. And this is just mere months after they said they're quitting the franchise after Genesis. We talked about this not even a month ago or yep. a month ago or so ago. And it's like Genesis bombed. It's terrible. No one liked it. Why are you continuing? Exactly. I'm going to leave it at that. Someone answer that question. Write me. I'm at Darth Pops. Boom. Warner Brothers cancels red carpet in London, uh, Batman v Superman premiere due to Brussels terrorist attacks. And, and I'm okay with this. And that's totally fine, in my opinion, too. And I, I, you know, this, any terrorist attacks, I would rather be on the safe side. Yeah, I mean, regardless of knows? security risks, it's just, it's, but it's, it's and a polite it, thing. It's the right thing. To it's do. the right thing to do. But at the same time, we have, we've had issues, not issues. 
we've had terrorist attacks or attacks, I should say, um, around geek stuff. Well, before. the Aurora shooting at the Dark Knight premiere. Exactly is what I was thinking of. I think this is going to go back to something we've talked about. <coughs> so this says, uh, Warner Brother producer Deborah Snyder, Deborah Snyder promises every DC movie a completely different experience. Now. I think this is saying something that doesn't need to be said. Because we already... Or are you making excuses for something that has already happened? That's happening now. Because, like, oh, we have Batman v Superman, that's one experience. But then, oh, wait till you see Suicide Squad, that's different. And, oh, we have Wonder Woman, we have, you know... Well, I think that... I mean, they're obviously trying to universe build like Marvel. And Marvel already... I mean, without saying it... Right. They already have a different experience for it. I mean, because if you watch ant-man it's a it's a <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a it's a heist comedy yeah and it's you, completely watch, different than guardians of the galaxy yeah if you watch winter soldier right. that's a you know mm. a an espionage flick if you watch guardians of the galaxy that's a space opera right. you know it's they're they are different they just never come out and said it and but they don't have to the film speak for themselves exactly. so this says they're so different from each other producer deborah snyder Yes, Zack Snyder is her husband and producer partner. I think they're just, they're just softening the ground in the. I mean, yeah, and this, we're already kind of getting some of them, but in the event of poor critical re- uh, reception, right? Uh, let's see. David has created a really fun movie about bad guys trying to do good, and it's brazen. So he's talking about uh, uh, Suicide Squad here with Wonder Woman. It's an origin story, and it takes place in World War One. So you get something completely different. Of course, it's completely different. I mean. Like you said, it's just something that is a thing. When you have different characters, you have different movies, period. You know, I I fear the reason they're coming out and saying this and making these comments is because I don't want to say they're making excuses. I want to say that they're padding. Like you said, they're, they're softening the they're, ground for they're poor like, reviews. Well, and which should I just I'm going to pop this up. Oh, it's right here. And segue poor reviews, 40 percent. On Rotten Tomatoes. From yeah, but you last gotta remember, this is just critics so far, and those, that's fine, dude. And it, which is completely understandable. Yep. But the the biggest critical we're talking about Batman v Superman. Yeah, by the, the biggest way. critical complaint that it's getting so far is that they're really putting too much pressure and weight on it to to build the universe. Okay. Um, which is, and ironically, like I said, I was talking to to my friend Michaela earlier because she's trying to catch up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And she just watched Avengers for the first time today. Oh, really? Yeah. And she said it wasn't as enjoyable to her as, say, the first Captain America movie because it was too much uh, universe building. Okay. There wasn't enough payoff. And I'm like, that's kind of the way the Avengers movies are. Right. Um, whereas They if, set up for something else to come later. Exactly. Whereas if you want the true story arc, watch the Captain America films. Oh, yeah. I love the Captain America movies. Exactly. Because those also bring in almost everybody else. Oh, yeah. But it gives you the character and story development that you need, whereas the Avengers movies tend to do the introductions. Yeah, and Winter Soldier is so good. It's so good. Um, Um, But also, whereas, I mean, yeah, we had the Man of Steel. Um, This is basically the introduction to the cinematic universe, whereas before we got to Avengers, you had Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Captain America. You had three or four movies in the universe to already set up that differentiation of genre as well as introduction of characters. Whereas this one, they, this would be like the way that I'm feeling about Batman V Superman is if the Marvel cinematic universe started with civil war or infinity war. Oh, okay. By introducing so many characters like, that become hella de- people that de- and like become dependent on. on each other. Right. You, I mean, Avengers was enough, you know, introducing like five or six main characters. If you go in with Infinity War 68, 
No, that's or just Civil War where you're dealing with a couple dozen. And then where do you go? Exactly. You know, and I think that's too the pressure they're putting too much pressure on Batman v Superman. Right, that's a good point, man. Um, well, let's get away from that for just a second. So we talked about the the Civil War trailer and how badass it is, and how badass it was. It's it's got the most views of any trailer, except for Force except Force Awakens, <laughs> which makes sense. Which is total which is kind of badass. I'm I'm glad that's up there because that trailer was phenomenal. Oh, it was so good. Um, this next did one's we talk about funny. this? No, well, yes, but no. Okay. If you listen to last week's episode, yeah, that's why you okay. will notice that we had back to back stories that he, that Marshall and I had actually both put in. Well, the first one, and, right. and funny things we didn't even notice each other's is that um, the first one I said is that the Crow reboot is. Going forward. And then Marshall said, and then I had a story, story. Said, it's gone. It's done. It's yanked. It's pulled. And now we have a third story. So this one is Corn Hardy on the Crow reboot says, it ain't over. <laughs> so I think this is what we get in the 24 hour <laughs> development hex cycle. Exactly. So we're going to put a pin in that. <laughs> that might be the name of the episode. Um, put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Uh, we will come back when they decide if they're going to do a, a Crow movie or not. Exactly. How about that? Gonna I did not hear about this. Okay, so <laughs> this is kind of cool. Uh, Joker and the Riddler were almost in Batman v Superman. And I think this is Snyder talking. Let's find out. Uh, talking with Collider, uh, director J- Zack Snyder opens up about how Batman's clown prince of crime, the Joker, and the prince of puzzles, the Riddler, almost made into the movie. With Batman already plotting on how to take down Superman and Lex... Uh, Superman and Lex Luthor trying to do the same as well as Wonder Woman and Aquaman showing up and rumors report of Green Lantern, Cyborg and Will Magnus. It would have definitely been a loaded movie. So uh, with the Joker and Suicide Squad it would, uh, his presence would have messed up the timeline of things. Maybe. Uh, looks like uh, the Riddler got a mild nod in one of the first trailers uh, so we know he's around at least. Having not seen the finished movie whether or not the two rogues would have had it added or cluttered the product is uncertain. So um, I have two things to say about this. It's like, I think they just were like, we have too much going on. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think um, you the more and more I watch trailers, the more and more I'm actually getting on board with Jared Leto's uh, Joker. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes more sense for him to be in the Suicide Squad. Especially since you kind of have to touch on Harlequin's origin. And you can't do that without the Joker. Right. So that makes a lot more sense for him to be in Suicide Squad, which I'm excited about more now it also you you already have luther and doomsday from the superman universe you can't bring in two big baddies from batman or else you're you're basically shooting your load um (laughs) now if they had what i think would have been cooler is because honestly i'm still not on board with jesse eisenberg as luther right i would have liked to seen jesse eisenberg as the riddler all right. And have Riddler come from the Batman side, have Doomsday come from the Superman side, and they're battling each other, yet they still have their own villains, and they kind of have to fight, help fight each other's uh, villains. Yeah, I think that would be cool. There was this other thing, um, Cameron, I was listening to a podcast from the other day, and they were saying there's rumors that, and of course, the movies happened, and by the time you listen to this... Hopefully we'll, we'll have all seen it. Most of you have seen this already, so I'm just saying what I've heard, but uh, the rumor is that maybe it's not really lax it's his son or a clone of him or something like that because people are like you know i don't know if you've heard any of this but we'll see i mean i don't don't think it really even matters no and i like eisenberg 
Uh, don't get me wrong, because I mean, oh, I, yeah. I loved him in Social Network. I thought he was a, a great Mark Zuckerberg. I love him in the, the Now You See Me, which you still haven't watched. No, but, I haven't seen that. Although the second trailer they just released this week is phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's on point. Um, it looks so good. Yeah, he does some great work, uh, but I just, Zombieland. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. But I just, I just don't see him as playing the, the big bat. Uh, DC Movies producers say uh, it's never too late for uh, rated R DC movies. I think um, I said that wrong. It's never say never to DC movies. What did I say? Uh, never say never to rated R DC movies, says producer. I think if they were going to do it anytime soon. And we've talked a lot about this. Yeah, stuff. I think if they were going to do it anytime soon, it would have been done with Suicide Squad. But I think Suicide Squad was already so far into development when the yeah. boon of Deadpool happened that the next thing you could possibly do with it is if you were to have a standalone Harlequin Joker movie. Yeah. A la, like Killing Joke style, yeah, or something like that. Then yeah, I think you can go there. Okay, I'm with you, dude. Uh, the last thing here, well, last thing in movie news, Joe Ru- Russo says Captain America: Civil War is a love story. Uh, is this a love story between Steve Rogers and uh, and Bucky? I uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see what he says. He says, well, I mean, there's all kinds of love. No, and, and that's the thing. It says, what's fascinating about, uh, you. the Cap Bucky story as well is it's a love story, Russo tells Empire. Uh, these are two guys who grew up together, and so they have the same emotional connection to each other as brothers would. And even more so, Bucky, uh, uh was all Steve had growing up. Yeah, love story. Okay, hopefully it's not a love story a la Hulk Black Widow that they shoehorned into Avengers 2. Right, which, we all which I'm actually see, okay with. Which we all want to see more of, and it didn't happen. Just, it was just the way that they presented it was weird. Right. Um, all right, so we get the gaming news? Because I have a few things. gaming news. Yeah, so Fallout 4 Automatron trailer was released. I haven't watched the trailer yet, but I need to get back to Fallout 4. I know I haven't been playing Swotor either, but I love Fallout 4. It's so good, dude. And I'm very excited about um, DLC, and cool. I'll pay for it. So I'm excited about that. Um, there's also... <laughs> The statistics, let me open this up. Disney Infinity's lack of Marvel women, okay? Excuse me, Marvel female characters, they definitely want to make that right, and I'm air quoting. Well, I think this also mirrors the fact of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has with the problem with Marvel women. Uh, Right now, Marvel character selection, the ratio of male to female characters, 26 to 2. And I'm guessing they are Black Widow. And I can't even think of who the other one would be. Gamora. Oh, yeah, Gamora. Those are the only two. That's it. I, I that's think, crazy. Uh, I think it would it's make crazy. sense if they... Well, they're obviously going to expand in the next few years with Captain America. But, okay, so... Okay, Disney, wake up. You have Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., okay? Agent Carter. You could do Carter. You could do Quake. You could do... Um, Mockingbird. Uh, uh, you, you're not watching, so you don't know, but... Blonde, badass, Billy Club up against your face, chick. Um, there's all kinds of options. Just Electra. throw them in there. Electra. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Do the thing. Squirrel Girl. Don't make me mad. It's towards the end of the show and I'm getting mad. Squirrel Girl. Let's move on. Ready? Yes. <laughs> You're right up against the mic. Okay, so gaming news, last thing. D&D. Actually, I have one more thing after that, but go ahead. Okay. D&D is getting a Lord of the Rings edition. I'm sure uh, Vin Diesel's excited about this. <laughs> was it Vin Diesel? Is that what we... Uh, Vin Diesel? No. It was during the, the D&D panel. Um, 
No, yeah, it was Vin Diesel. Yeah, it was Vin yeah. Diesel. Um, so D and D, uh, which we've talked about, which we do still, is getting a Lord of the Rings edition, and and I was torn when I went to go and purchase materials for the fifth ad D and D. I was like, do we want to stay with traditional D and D? We do a Star Wars podcast. Should we do a Star Wars D and D? And I'm just like me as a DM, I feel more comfortable in a fantasy world, and so oh, I yeah. uh, so I, I mean, stay with fifth ed. That, that's your home base. But you know, I could get behind a Lord of the Rings edition would be kind of cool. But again, it, it it is what it is. So, uh, Lord of the Rings fans, you're getting your D and D fix soon. Cool word. Uh, my little little game thing is I'm finding new mobile games to play all the time. Oh, okay. And it used to be my go to would be puzzle games and stuff, but I'm liking how. They are taking multiple properties and putting them on different, the same engine, right? So it really started for me with uh, the Family Guy game. Yep. Where it's on the engine. And then the Avengers uh, Academy is on the same engine. I just discovered a Disney one oh. called Magical Kingdoms. And it takes place in a Disneyland sort of thing. But it's the same sort of thing. You build like a fun wheel. You build No the, way. You build the Mickey's Magic. You build huh. California Screaming. All this, and that, you unlock like Toy Story characters and all that stuff. It's very cool. And this is a mobile game. Okay. Because yes. there was a... Uh, um, but it's I, in the same vein of like the Family Guy where you, okay. you build your world in there and then you create, you earn characters in one. Well, I'll check that out. It's fun. I like it. Before we get to merch really quick, I want to have a little shoehorned in podcast corner okay uh for two reasons one marshall uh had a captive audience in the rental car this weekend and he uh, had me listen to what five or six episodes of the dnds of dnds for yeah, nerds. we got to we got through partway through episode six of dnds for nerds is really funny it's really good these I guys know. are hilarious they're really good and it's a fun little romp I mean, once you get through it, oh man, and then you get the side quests and stuff. It's it's never ending entertainment. I listen to them whenever I have a downtime. It's fun. Yeah, and uh, so it's 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 pretty funny, and I, I give Marshall crap for for really uh, digging into Sans Pants a lot, but these guys are funny, so check them out. Um, the the second one is is uh, you know we are a pop culture geek con sort of podcast, but. Yeah. I was talking with your mom at Comic-Con and Sounds like the start of a joke. <laughs> no, and we were just talking about joking, and actually we were really really talking about Will Wheaton's famous speech about what it means to be a geek. Mm-hmm. And so I'm embracing that a little bit more and so I'm just going to one of the things I'm a geek about is Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. I love Aaron Sorkin writing. And this goes back to American President, A Few Good Men, Sports Night, all that stuff, but I love The West Wing. I love uh, newsroom, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. He wrote uh, The Social Network. He just, oh, wow. Cool. He just wrote um, um, Steve Jobs with Michael Fassbender, right? So he's a great writer. Sweet. Um, but one of my favorite things is The West Wing. And in The West Wing, there's a main actor named Joshua Molina. And he's been in almost everything that Aaron Sorkin has done. I mean, going back to the stage play of A Few Good Men. Um, well, anyways, he and one of his friends, who he actually met through Twitter or through email, is uh, they have started a West Wing podcast. Are you serious? Yeah, it's called the West Wing Weekly, and uh, basically what they're doing is they started, they just released, uh, they had like a, a preview, five minute intro thing, and then this week they just released the first uh, uh, the pilot episode, <laughs> and what they're doing is they're going back and watching the West Wing from the pilot, and no way. they're doing a recap slash discussion about every episode 
starting with the first one. Oh, you're going to love that. And it's really cool. And this <laughs> is actually funny for not my, my older brother, who's also a huge West Wing fan, um, who um, doesn't listen to podcasts. He's the one that told me about it. Oh, that's fine. So I thought it's great. But I love that it's actually one of the stars of the show who's doing it. But he didn't actually come in until the middle of season four. So he's going back and looking at episodes that wow, he wasn't even he in. He wasn't even in. Nice. And so it's really, really enjoyable. They're going to be bringing in stars from the show to talk to and stuff. So it's going to be – I'm very excited about there. There's like, I want to say, 187 episodes. So they do have quite – I mean, this is going to be wow. going on for a few years that so they're going to be doing this. But I'm excited because I'm I'm, I'm a geek for Aaron Sorkin. And this yeah. is just going to be giving me deeper layers. So I, I just – I recommend that to you guys. Check out the West Wing Weekly. Cool, man. Yeah, last thing I have, Deadpool related. Of yeah, course. I, w- I wanted to let you finish up on Deadpool. Yeah, no, I think this is good. So, si- sideshow collectibles, obviously, is amazing. Sideshow collectibles have real they put re- out great work. Has revealed a new Deadpool core premium art print created by artist Dave Wilkins. The print features the Merc with a Mouth Deadpool along with uh, Lady Deadpool, Kidpool, Dogpool, and Headpool. <laughs> and I, I have read the Deadpool core comics. <sighs> This picture is phenomenal. Is there really a dog pool and a kid pool? Uh, yeah. Uh, and a and a, a head pool, where like literally he's a head. He gets around like spinning a, a little propeller on his head sometimes. No body. No, his head. He's Just only a head. head. It's phenomenal. It's it's wonderful stuff, my Interesting. friend. Anyway, the point is is that um, this looks phenomenal. It's come. It came out uh, last week on the fourteenth. And uh, it's way more expensive than I could ever afford, but well, unframed ninety bucks. That's actually not bad for a limited run of only three hundred. Yeah, but I mean, by now it's gone. But oh yeah, I, I just wanted to That's mention what, we, it. We love artwork because the I, w- I wish I had this, but anyway, it's okay. But we chose to be liberal arts majors. Uh, let's not get back to what we majored in. <laughs> uh, are we done finally? Uh, I say we put a pin in the rest until next week. Yeah, man. It's time to prep for my D&D night. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for tuning in to The Usual Podcast. We welcome all feedback. So if you have comments or questions, you can find us at usualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Sotor Network. Uh, you know, again, looking for more Facebook followers. So if you're a Facebooker, just it's really easy. Um, Facebook's easy. Uh, you can find me at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at I am Will Griggs. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. Like us, share us, share us, share us, um, share us, retweet us, love us, share us, share us, uh, share us with the world. <laughs> oh God! audibletrialcom slash usual pocket. It's been a long night. Uh, you get a free audiobook on us. Um, that's one way to support the show. We also, of course, become a patron. Give us a buck or two an episode. We would love that. And, and don't forget, if you do that, then yeah. Uh, Tops, uh, the Tops company will help you out, and we'll give you a code for some free packs for the Star Wars Card Trader game. Word. And if you want to support us in other random ways, find our support us page on our website, usualpodcast.com. And uh, unless you have anything else, sir, it's time to go. Actually, really quick oh. about one of our sponsors, oh, or about one God. of our affiliates. I mean, yes, go. Is uh, The West Wing Weekly has two sponsors, and guess who one of them is? Cool. This is when I play the outro music as we say random things. But Warby Parker. Oh, yes. Warby Parker is a very... Uh, uh, avid supporter of podcasts. I actually heard Warby Parker on Tell Him Steve Day for the first time. Yeah, and actually the other one that... Uh, years ago. The, the second uh, people that support them is Squarespace. Yeah, Squarespace is also another one for Smartco and some other that ones. That is so. where we host the usual podcast. But we do not have them as a uh, sponsor. But um, Yet. it is the basis for our very website. It is. Have yeah. a good night, everybody. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see you all next week. Peace.